0: In 1975, the South Vietnamese capital of Saigon fell to the communist North Vietnamese army, effectively marking the end of the Vietnam War.
1: Saigon, April the 30th, eight o'clock. The last American helicopter on the roof of the American embassy prepares to lift off the last of the
2: evacuees, fleeing before the advancing communist armies.
0: The people here were herded into groups. All they could take was hand luggage. 50 at a time, they took off for the carriers waiting in the South China Sea.
1: These TV news clips captured the mood during the fall of Saigon. The story we're about to unfold begins shortly after, with the historic displacement and migration that followed.
0: Today, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees called the situation an appalling human tragedy. They are arriving at the rate of 1,000 per day. Vietnamese and ethnic Chinese who say they'd rather pay $2,000 apiece to their government and risk the high seas than live and work in a labor camp. This is the east coast of Malaysia, final destination,
2: thousands of refugees fleeing Vietnam. Many don't make it this far. They're attacked by pirates, drowned, or starve to death.
3: We people, we are being treated just like animals, not like human beings.
0: 125,000 Vietnamese refugees came to the U.S. in 1975. By 2010, more than 1.2 million Southeast Asians had resettled in the United States as a result of the Vietnam War. That made them the largest refugee group in the country.
1: We're going to hear from one of those refugees in this episode of Unfold.
0: As you might imagine, the trauma that comes from war
1: and displacement is profound. Trauma affects the brain. It can lead to depression, anxiety, and other medical conditions. And a growing body of evidence suggests a link to dementia in old age. Wayne Meyer is a social psychologist in the Department
0: of Neurology at UC Davis Health. She's researching the link between wartime trauma and dementia in Vietnamese-American communities.
3: We want to be able to understand what's the prevalence of dementia in this group that's, you know, exposed to all of this um, trauma. What's the relationship between early life adversity and trauma and dementia? And what are those pathways? What are the processes that link early life trauma to current dementia.
1: Meyer has a personal connection to the research. Her mother, who fled Vietnam as a refugee in 1975, now has dementia. Many Vietnamese Americans who experienced the war and its aftermath are reaching older ages when symptoms of dementia may begin to appear.
0: We're going to dive deeper into the issue of trauma and dementia in Vietnamese American communities and look at why there are barriers in seeking treatment and
1: you'll hear stories of survival and resilience. Coming to you from UC Davis and UC Davis Health, this is Unfold, a podcast that breaks down complicated problems and unfolds curiosity-driven research. I'm Amy Quinton. And I'm Marianne Sharp.
0: Those historic news clips about the Vietnamese refugees who fled their country after the war were very powerful.
1: Yeah, and I remember some of those stories, too. Really? Yeah, while I was a child when Saigon fell, I remember hearing about the Vietnamese boat people. Almost two million Vietnamese risked their lives on the open sea between the fall of Saigon until the early 1990s.
0: And as we heard in those news clips, many did not make it to other countries.
1: One Vietnamese refugee who did is a recent UC Davis School of Medicine graduate. He's also an aspiring psychiatrist.
2: I'm Dewey Nguyen, uh, Zui, by uh, uh, people who are Vietnamese. And
1: would you rather me say Zui? Uh,
2: or, no, I, I like Dewey. You uh, like Dewey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dewey is, uh, I feel, a fun name. Okay. Yeah, you know, so I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> yeah. great. Dewey was born in Ho Chi Minh City, formerly Saigon, in 1976. He says his memories of his time there are spotty. But he does remember that it was a constant struggle.
2: Because after the war, the economy collapsed, and so money uh, and getting food on the table was on everybody's mind. I remember always the conversation is, oh, if we had meat, that was a special occasion. But it was such that doctors starved. That was kind of one of the mottos. Um, And so many parents, even though they didn't face immediate persecution, felt that their children had no future.
0: When she was just 18, Dewey's mother tried to escape the country, but failed. Over the next several years, she would try six more times.
2: And this is on the tale of us having lost two people to the escape. Uh, My uncle and my aunt. My uncle was imprisoned and died in prison. My aunt uh, was on the boat, and her boat capsized, and she drowned.
0: Dewey would join his mother on her seventh attempt at escape in 1983. Smugglers led them, along with Dewey's other aunt and dozens of others, to a boat just offshore.
1: Dewey, then just five years old, says mostly he remembers darkness.
2: It's pitch black, where you could not see your hands.
1: He says the boat seemed hundreds of feet away from the shore. The water was shallow for an adult, but deep for a child, and waves made it difficult for everyone.
2: Uh, I couldn't make it. Uh, I was too small, uh, and we were trying to ford across the waves to get to the boat. Um, And the only reason why I was able to make it um, was because a stranger, another person who had gone on this, one of the refugees, decided just to put me on his shoulder uh, and take me to the boat.
0: Later, he realized that the darkness may have kept his family together.
2: When I got on, my mother said, Like later, she and my aunt were able to reach the boat, but they were too weak to pull themselves up. Right, so they would have been left, left behind because the boat was leaving. And the only reason they made it on was because another family had mistaken them in the pitch black for one of their family members, and so hauled them onto the boat.
1: The captain was to guide the boat to the Philippines, bound for the American Embassy in Manila, they ran out of fuel and drifted for two weeks. Dewey also remembers the darkness from the hull of the boat, where he
0: and about 40 others crammed together shoulder to shoulder for the entire journey.
2: The hatch, that would be the only source of light and air, I guess, would open, and a hand would scoop down with a jug of milk. (laughs) And all the kids would be like, give me the milk, (laughs) you know? (laughs) They would scramble to get to the most strategic spot so the guy could, you would get the most amount of milk that would be poured into your mouth.
1: Eventually, they drifted onto the shores of Malaysia, just like the refugees we heard about in the news clips.
2: I remember that very well, because we were hauled into Malaysia, you know, by gunshots, I just remember waking up one morning, like in the hole of this boat, hearing gunshots. and, you know, peeking over, and there were Malaysian coast guards kind of shooting at us and saying, you better come in or we're going to shoot you down.
0: They ended up in jail briefly while in Malaysia. And then at some point, he remembers living in the jungle.
2: Uh, there was a hut. We had no running water. You know, if we bathed. We would climb, like, the hills to this little waterfall. There was a hurricane one day and our, our hut was blown over. Um, now that that episode, like I asked my mom and she just, again, she refuses to kind of really tell me like exactly how everything fits together. But she would just say, oh God, that time, you know? Um, and she would just kind of stop talking about it.
1: Dewey says they would eventually board a boat and make it to the Philippines, where they would spend time in a refugee camp before resettling in the U.S. He apologizes for not remembering more of the year it took them to finally reach the States.
2: I'm sorry that it's so spotty, uh, no, my narration to you, you know, because also the adults in my family kind of refuse to talk about it. Why? Yeah. It's painful. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's very painful for them. Um, unlike me, you know, because I was young, they lost a the whole way of life. Um, right? I mean, that's that's one huge loss, but then to go on this one-year life and death struggle in the elements is another crazy trauma.
0: The trauma, unfortunately, doesn't end there. For refugees, it's followed by the trauma of adjusting to a new country, a new way of
1: life, and a new language. Dewey is open to talking about his experience as a refugee. But he thinks most Vietnamese refugees, like his mother, are not.
2: What's the first thing that people do when they're hurt so terribly? They deny it. And that that's just an indication that it was so damaging that they don't know how to deal with it. And that leads to worse consequences. That leads to PTSD. It leads to psychosis. It can lead to violence towards others.
0: Dewey says it helps him to tell his story. He believes if he doesn't process the trauma, it will get worse as he ages.
1: Wayne Meyer, the UC Davis social psychologist we mentioned earlier, is researching whether Vietnamese Americans are more at risk of developing dementia. Her interest in studying this connection began several years ago while researching the
3: health of caregivers. And then when I started interviewing Vietnamese caregivers uh, who were taking care of family members with dementia, just sort of out of, uh, you know, spontaneous conversations, they started reliving some of this trauma that either they had faced or their loved ones who they were caring for had faced.
0: Around the same time, her
3: mother, a Vietnamese refugee, started showing signs of dementia. She started repeating the same questions over and over, telling the same stories over and over. During the early stages of dementia, long-term memories are still present.
1: For Meyer's mom, those memories were from her time growing up in northern Vietnam. Meyer says her mother, when she was still cognitively healthy... Told her stories
3: about having to find a safe place away from constant bombing. She she always had to. Uh run underground to um, to hide and her family and her classmates and so she always would tell us stories about getting um, hurt. and in fact at one point she had run underground and there was um, something like a stick or some sort of wire that um, that she ran into and it hit her the inside of her eye and she actually has a scar from that time.
1: Meyer's mother had to be vigilant in Vietnam And Meyer says it's not unusual for people experiencing dementia to relive
3: moments from decades earlier. Part of the earlier signs for her Um, were just these um, extreme bouts of paranoia uh, about uh, communist soldiers um, wanting to come into our home and hurt her. And she's always pulling the blinds shut and just very paranoid. And so it made me think about uh, just those traumatic experiences that she grew up with um, in Vietnam throughout the wars and then coming to the U.S. She's embarking on an investigation to
0: track the cognitive health of more than 500 aging Vietnamese Americans in Northern California.
3: And we'll follow them for several years to look at their um, prevalence, as well as whether or not those who experience um, early life trauma and adversity um, whether it was in Vietnam or in the process of coming to the U.S., whether those experiences are related to their cognition now. Researchers have not yet studied
1: dementia in the Vietnamese-American population here, which is surprising given that California is home to nearly 40 percent of the 1.4 million Vietnamese immigrants now in the country. Meyer says refugees are disproportionately affected by health
0: and mental health disparities. She wants to change that, but it's not an easy community
3: to study. There really are not a lot of culturally and linguistically appropriate testing materials and assessments or staff, you know, who... um, who can address the needs of this population. But just as Dewey suggested, there is also a reluctance
0: within the Vietnamese American community to talk about these health issues.
3: Yeah, there's certainly, I think, a stigma, um, not only just with trauma, but with mental health and dementia. Um, But I think what we're finding is that when we, as Researchers and staff really make an effort to care about these stories that people actually are willing to share them.
1: And she says it's important they share, not just for their own mental health, but also
3: for what their stories can teach us. There's so much to learn from this group about not only risk factors, but resilience. So we know that a lot of them face these, these challenging circumstances, but not all go on to develop health problems or cognitive impairment. So we can look at what are the factors that might help them to be resilient against, you know, um, poor health. Understanding those factors could also provide
0: guidance to help other war refugees, like Ukrainians and Afghans who are relocating
1: to the U.S., Many refugees, like Dewey Nguyen and his mother, have had to overcome adversity, even once they made it to the U.S. Dewey wants people to see the refugee story as one of resilience.
2: I hope the main message, one of the main messages I can tell people, if you want to help a refugee, besides just helping them with basic necessities, one of the things is to see them through the lens of resilience and not of tragedy. And I ask that people who look at refugees to not see us as others, but to see us as you.
0: And Wayne Myers says she hopes her study is the first of many to engage a group that's typically excluded from research to help us understand the connection between trauma and dementia
1: and to help us all understand each other.
0: You can learn more about Wayne Myers' research on our webpage and listen to previous episodes at ucdavis.edu
1: unfold. I'm Marianne Rush Sharp. And I'm Amy Quinton. Thanks for listening. Unfold is a production of UC Davis. Original music for Unfold comes from Damian Barrett and Curtis Jerome Haynes. Additional music comes from Blue Dot Sessions. If you like this podcast, check out UC Davis's other podcast, The Backdrop, It's a monthly interview program featuring conversations with UC Davis scholars and researchers working in the social sciences, humanities, arts, and culture. Hosted by public radio veteran Soterius Johnson, the conversations feature new work and expertise on a trending topic in the news. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.